You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Danny Sober. Danny Sober is having an upcoming show at Tchotchke Gallery uh, called Icons. It opens on February 14, 2023, and runs to March 18th. So you can see it depending on when you're listening to this, perhaps. Um, but first, Danny, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about this show to be opening on Valentine's Day as well, right? Does that seem significant? Or was that intended? Because that's sort of a special date, February 14th. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't intentional with the work, but it, it fell on the calendar on that day, and I was like, that's perfect. You know, my single friends are also very happy about that. Well, great. You know, I, I, I think that... Um, you know, in, in, in lieu of talking about the show, which, of course, is enough in, in some of your work in it, I thought we could go through your Instagram, which has um, images of some of your recent show and, um, and, and, and more. So, so let's begin with uh, the picture of a swan, Swans 2. This is a big piece, right? This is almost um, this is about two by four feet or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is gorgeous. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why this is a um, a painting, and and these swans are beautiful. But it's, it's. I guess it's the position, the lighting, you know, the weight of them. You know, it seems sort of amazing to me too. But um, but tell me about this. Yeah, and the colors of their beaks, everything is, is something. Yeah. Um, well, beautiful. I, I guess with this show, um, some of the pieces are a little chaotic, and I wanted. I wanted some space to breathe. So I was trying to make a few pieces, you know, that, that were a little more simple or just like, yeah, you know, just beautiful. Um, and with the swans, I mean, that's an old trope in painting and I wanted to make it my own. So I've never seen double swans or triple swans. You know, I have two of those. So the stacking, um, I thought kind of was a riff on an old theme. And then technically, um, I was actually thinking about, do you know the painter Eberhard Havacost? Yes, actually, I do. I I am obsessed with him. There's something about the way he treats the blur that makes my stomach drop. Um, so that's my entry point with some of these and the background of the piece. Like if you look at the the reds and the bottom left, like I did a lot of heavy pulling to reference him. And then I think there's something nice about putting the very rendered um, swans over the top of that. So you have this kind of motion in the background and then these two floating, almost like spiritual, angelic birds over the top. Um, and actually, well, the show is called Icons because I was thinking about icon painting um, and like futuristic angels almost. And uh, I, I was thinking about the vision of St. Hubertus where in a ram's horns he saw Christ on the cross uh, and so originally I had these portals opening above the swans, but I didn't, when I put the portal in, I didn't really like it. And I was like, you know what? The swans are good and they speak for themselves. So I, I left them as they are. Yeah, that's so interesting. Swans also as kind of otherworldly beings, you know, like, like angels. I, yeah, I just read a Carl over Knausgaard book where he's, it's this whole sort of history of angels, but refers to some modern bird that's potentially angels in another form. Um, you know, but that's, it's, it's great hearing you talk about this. I mean, this composition is also unusual, too. The swans are going from right to left. 
Usually we don't see that, right? I mean, that's one of the reasons right. why I think I, I, I stare at it. Usually we don't read that way. We don't. I mean, and strangely enough, most painters and photographers don't compose that way, right? Totally. I think you can tell when a painter is right or left-handed, even. Because hmm. just the way their motions are and the way they compose things. Right. Right. And so, and so this right to left looks almost like a kind of something, um, yeah, that's, that does something to the viewer. It's kind of um, takes you out of your normal space. We're either looking at a mirror image, which it doesn't feel like. It feels like we're right, these birds are right in front of us. But it, it feels like it's from another, another world. Totally. Yeah, I think yeah. so with all of these, with all the pieces for this show, I'm pushing the spaciness of it. And I'm really, I'm very focused on the screen. I think um, I taught myself to paint using the color picker in Photoshop. So actually like the palette I have tones blue and kind of references, you know, screen crystals. So um, like when I'm painting these swans, I I'm, I'm never have a printout, right? I just, I'm going from screen to image to, you know, to screen to painting. And it ends up, I think it just gives it this uneasiness or this unearthliness because it is a screen transferred into material. Um, but it's not an old style of painting, you know, where you're, where you're layering the, the umber underpainting. You know, it ends up a little well, what do you mean a screen, a screen you're using like a, like a, um, a screen like a computer screen the first image oh, oh a computer oh, screen like a I, tablet I have or... I have like yeah like I have the canvas and I just have this my computer propped up next to it and I'm going back and forth between the two because I like them feeling like a mediation point with that screen right right I like that so yeah let's talk about the other paintings because that's the style you're also talking about there which um, you know in some ways these swans are I mean, in the show, and correct me if I'm wrong, but something completely different, right? It's the one thing that, that's very unlike the rest at first glance. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say color scheme, it's pretty similar, but it's definitely the least frenetic of the compositions. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's what I was thinking. So, so another composition, which I believe is in the show, Painting for Peace, Oil on Canvas. This is about uh, a little over yeah. three by four. Yeah, pretty big, yeah. Um, so this is a little more what you mean. Is this what you mean by more frenetic? This is uh, feels like a completely different style of painting, almost. You know, especially with the uh, the narrative being kind of obscure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, still retaining the alien qualities. I think where I uh, actually with this one, I was thinking about hyper pop music. You know, where where you you accentuate the elements of a pop song to the point where you still recognize it as pop music, but you know that it, there's something robotic about it and a little not human. Um, so with this composition, it's very overtly a Photoshop composition. Like a, a, it feels to me like a digital collage, um, and I'm trying to like, emphasize that element of it and then put together signifiers that it should, you know, they're about world peace, you know, the United Nations and a yin-yang and a dove, right. you know, they should be, there should be really simple kind of peaceful, positive images, but, but oversaturated, they're a little bit, I don't know if it's menacing, but they're, they're off-putting. Um, and I think with this show, what I was thinking about is 
using um, like decorative, figurative trends I've seen and trying to put something ideologically a little different into that style. So to kind of read is these, if you just look at the colors and you take a quick look, it's a, it's a poppy painting and then you start to look through what's rendered and it's like, well, hold on, is this my friend or not? Right, and, and, and what does it turn out to be? Sometimes it's, it's not your friend. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or it... Because it, you realize it is a thing. It, it, it's, not a, it's not a, you know, uh, let's, you know, give me a hug kind of image, right? It's something you said about it seems menacing. Was that the word you used? Yeah, and I, menacing might be strong, but it is like, oh, yeah, this painting isn't giving me a hug. I don't think so. But, and I like the idea <laughs> yeah, exactly. of... <laughs> And I like that, you know, the color scheme, I think, is kind of fun. The, the background almost looks like a, a tie-dye shirt, you know. But what the image actually is in the background, I found these, like, exploding angels in an anime. And you can kind of, it's, it's tough to see in the picture, but you've got, to, on the right side, you've got this arm. And beneath it, you've got two legs, and it's holding a sword. And actually, it's kind of like, it's chest is pressed out, exploding, um, and I doubled it. So again, it's, okay, this looks like a tie-dye shirt, but there's also, there's, a, there's an angel beneath it, you know? Right, right, right. I like that. I like, I like talking about these, and of course, you know, for the listeners, these are all on your Instagram, and we're just in the top feed in, on February 13th, the day before the show. So there's, there's another image in there, which is, um, also in this in this vein and is in the show uh, Peacekeeper and this yes. is um, I, mean, I mean I love this one and, uh, again quite a bit different from the last one not menacing um, I mean if, if, if we can talk about it in those terms it's the this painting does want to give me a hug right uh, I'm not convinced because I think <laughs> it, 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 it has the angel wings and it looks kind of, you know it's smiling at you but you look at those eyes and you look at this, you know, kind of computer-generated face with many hands inviting you in, and it's, I'm like, do I actually want to hang out with this being? You know, I, I think, and it's, it's on this snowmobile. It's kind of fun. It's one of the bases is a fashion ad. But personally, I wouldn't want to see that if I was on a mountain, you know? Right. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, that, that's a, it's a great point because, yeah, there's some, um, <clears throat> there's a kind of a mixed, yeah, a feeling that it's both, it strikes me as both, it's, it's quite narrative, right? This is a figure, looks like getting out of a snowmobile to say hi or to arrest you, I suppose. Right, um, right. Yeah, but, but something, yeah, really, really open about it. Um, but also, yeah, they have wings on, on the back of an angel and a snowmobile. So this one feels very different. How, how does this one sit in the show? I, I love this, and it feels the strongest one in terms of a, a message or a story. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, again, I, I was thinking about if I was going to paint... Um, I, I, I am, because I spent so much time in Detroit, I got really interested in, in futurism and futurology. And I was like, what would a future angel look like? And I was imagining an artificial intelligence being that actually, if you see it, has a European Union sweater. So I'm imagining this kind of global 
artificial Right, that circle of stars coming in the middle. Yeah. So you've got this artificial intelligence peacekeeper that's stopping you and saying, hey, do you want to join our, our little, like, global peace party? And I'm thinking, do I? I'm not sure. This is a little... Yeah, I, I'm not sure. So I think this one and the painting for peace and then uh, Summoner, which is a little later, it's all circling around a similar idea of these decorative elements and maybe even some of these inviting and pretty elements, but th- there's, something, there's something going on underneath. And I, I think I'm trying to express some of my own anxieties about technology and, and where the future's going. I mean, actually two of the backgrounds in this show I made with Dolly, the, the AI painting software, just because I thought it'd be fun to paint them. Um, but yeah, I have an uneasiness about if all tech is, is progress, you know, or, or could things actually backfire? And, and these paintings are working through those, yeah, anxieties. Well, that's interesting because, um, I mean, to jump into that a little bit, yeah, that's an anxiety that so many are having about AI and its potentials, and this is this the next great wonderful thing, or is it, or is it not? Is it something else? So, let's talk about the painting that you said you used AI for the background of. How how did that how did that occur? You spoke in what you'd like, and then you use that background as a starting point because that's how I've heard artists talk about it. Is is not exactly what you said, but using it as a tool to begin something. Exactly. I've actually used it already for commissions where someone asked me, hey, can you paint a figure eight in an ice rink? And I'm like, I just type that in and I can send them the, the AI painting and be like, hey, I can paint you something that kind of approximates that. And they're like, oh, that's great. So actually, I mean, that is an amazing tool. Um, for the show, I think I just typed in blue sky, white clouds, uh, like blue purple mountains. And found one that I liked and then collaged over the top of that. But I thought that was kind of a fun, actually, I, I don't think that photo's on my Instagram yet, but it's this, it's this figure with these concerned hands over its, over its mouth and it's kind of worried. So it's literally an anxious figure over the AI painting, which is probably me, you know? Right, right. I like that. Um, so what what do you think about the future of AI then as a tool? Because already it's valuable to you as a as a tool in this way, as and it's just the beginning of experimenting with that. It would seem to be uh, a kind of wonderful tool for for artists. Or no, what do you think yeah. about? Yeah, um, I'm on the fence. I think I read a lot of. Did you ever read uh, like the CCRU, the '90s London like experimental? Um, they got really in, theoretically into artificial intelligence and they got to the conclusion that it will overtake humanity. Um, and I don't know, that seems a little alarmist, right, that, that AI would be the next evolutionary step. And I'm also, I don't know if I'm equipped to say one way or another, but that's definitely, I guess there's not a 0% chance of that happening. And, and that's probably lingering in all of these works. Um, this this kind of is all technology positive. I, I don't. I'm. I worry about giving definitive answers. I think I'm working through these kind of like. Well, I see the positive and the negative. I'm. I'm. I'm working through the anxieties of them. Right. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. 
that's so interesting about that kind of research because it's it's true. It's you know, can we see out of this, right? Enthusiasm even for new tools, new technologies is a hallmark of how they market, right? It's like, wow, this is exciting. Something is easier, something is better, something is more effective because of this new tool. And then it's, you know, w- with careful behavioral, I think, research that's known, they kind of slowly loop you into not being able to not check Twitter or Instagram, whatever it is. Do, do you know what I mean? I mean, it seems oh, like what you're talking about, right? They are taking yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. taking over you. That you're spending several hours a day probably looking at your phone on these things that are largely controlled. Oh, I mean, and if you want to take it darker, I, that's also being used for surveillance. Like your interaction with your phone is is being looked at and back-end channels by, you know, surveillance agencies. It's also being used to, like, sell things to you. Um, like you said, it can kind of start to – you can use it to manipulate things. You know, you can change – you can begin to almost do magic, right, where if you pump Twitter's algorithm in a certain geolocation, you might be able to stir a panic or get this many people to go to this store. It starts to get in a strange – social engineering. Uh, so yeah, like I think we're both saying, that it, it's couched in this idea of progress and, and, you know, oh, it's always a brighter future because it's new. I don't think that's always the case. And, and again, to go back to these paintings, it's, I think that's one of the ethos, right? It's, it looks like this welcoming hug of progress, but it's probably, it might not be. And, and I think there's also something beautiful about using oil paint, which is this very physical, material, history medium to get that message across. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that contrast too. And and, uh, and so interesting to talk about this. So I, I'd love to talk about one more painting in the show. On Instagram, there's a painting uh, of a horse, a figure on a balcony, a, a painting with a heart shape in it, and a figure taking uh, their shirt off. Do you want to talk the about that? The shirt off, that one, yeah. The shirt off guy okay. is going to be in the show. Okay, let's talk about this because I like this one a lot too. And this is also, uh, to me, quite different than the rest. We have like angels flying around, um, yeah, finger taking a shirt off with a, a type of mask. And um, it looks like a Bitcoin burst from his groin or, or lower stomach area. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> that's pretty accurate, yes. Um, so with this one, I was thinking of the internet as a summoning spell and as a magical energy transfer. So you have this figure that, you know, I was thinking of it as they're taking their shirt off, almost trying to feel human, but then their interactions with the internet are sucking them in. So their face is, is emotionless and genderless and porcelain, right? They're kind of losing their humanity. And in the process, engaging with energy processes like Bitcoin, which is a very wasteful technological energy process, or even the sun, but it's a vector. So it's not even the real sun. It's, a, it's like a cheap copy. And that's coming from within them, you know, or they're, they're, they're engaging with it. And all around it are these five angels in the formation almost as if they're, they're casting a spell. But the angels are white, they're vacant, they're flat. So they're kind of stripped of a lot, I don't know, of their own essence into these kind of flat 
signifiers. So um, that's kind of a read of being online too much. I like that. Yeah, that is our that is our current current malady in a way, isn't it? You know, we just came out of the pandemic, and I think it's not just me, right? People are wondering like how to be involved with online, you know, world less, right? Or or no? Um, yeah, or it's not a current sort of health craze, you know, just like there's a certain diet of the times. It's like how do we how do we look at phones less or something? Totally. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's now apps that are trying to help you limit your screen time, which is a funny loop, you know? Um, yeah, I, 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 I have anxiety. Like I said, I just, I'm, I'm repeating myself probably, but I have anxieties about the internet and I think they might, it might end up flattening things, you know, homogenizing things or controlling things. And this is, this is a figure that's fighting Try, you know, trying not to be homogenized, and they're and they're in this in the midst of of kind of being between a human and some sort of new robot. Uh, and I guess also just in terms of of technical painting, this is another example where I, the background is a have a costy, blurry background, and then the very sharply rendered, but in different ways. You know, you've got a stock photo painted in oil and you've also got flat white angels painted in oil and then you've got a very like soft fleshy body and I have fun putting those different processes together you know going very blurry very cartoon kind of a little more formal and so as an actual painting um, it makes me happy you know as, as a painter making it I like that I like that painting very much as well and, and, and glad we ended up talking about about that, I want to wish you well on this show, which is coming up, and I'm urging everybody to go see it because you're you're hopefully listening to this in time. And I want to ask you one more question, though, before we go, and, and thanks again for your time here with all of this. Um, what are you reading at the moment? Uh, I'm, I'm getting through inside the white cube of ideology. And who is that, that by? Right. What kind of a book is that? I don't know that book. Oh, my internet. Oh, wait, I got it. Oh, sorry, Inside the White Cube, Ideology of the Gallery Space by Brian O'Doherty. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's kind of breaking down the modern white wall gallery space and how we got to that point. Um, how even historically we've looked at canvases and when the picture plane ended. At, at what point did we decide to start framing the painting? and kind of minimizing it and then putting it in the white room and vice versa. So it's, it's a fun read as a, as a critique of maybe the, the white wall gallery space. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Danny, I want to thank you for talking with me today. It's really been a pleasure. And I wish you the best on your upcoming show and hope listeners can come see it as well. Thank you so much. This has been great. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.